welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Vasfar and Wong. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 20. And this is an interesting case about diplomatic immunity and the extent to which the courts should intervene in political scenarios. The appellant is Amos Josephine Wong, who was a domestic worker in the household of the respondent, Mr. Khalid Basfar, a diplomat representing the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Wong claims to be a victim of human trafficking and says that she was forced to work for Basfar in conditions that meet the threshold of modern slavery. After she was brought to the UK in the summer of 2016, Wong alleges that she was confined almost 100% of the time and that she was allowed no communication with the outside world. Her working day was from 7am to 11pm and she was given no breaks or days off. Throughout this period, she also claimed that she was subject to a variety of degrading and offensive treatments. Furthermore, she says that she was not paid at all for her first seven months working in the UK. Then she was paid a fraction of her contractual entitlement in July 2017, but was then not paid again until she escaped in May 2018. On the basis of these allegations, Wong brought a civil case against Vasfar in the Employment Tribunal for wages and breaches of employment rights. In response, Basfar replied to have the claim struck out on the ground that he has diplomatic immunity from suit. The authority for this is Article 31 of the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations 1961 via the Diplomatic Privileges Act 1964, which provides diplomats with immunity from the criminal jurisdiction of the state where they are based, as well as a broad civil immunity from that jurisdiction as well. There is, however, an exception to immunity from civil claims that relate to, quote, any professional or commercial activity exercised by the diplomatic agent in the receiving state outside of his official functions, end quote. So the question is whether the actions by Mr. Vasfar constitute a commercial activity because it was agreed between the parties that it is outside of his official functions. This was considered to be important enough to leapfrog the Court of Appeal and so we picked the proceedings up as they made their way to the Supreme Court. The justices began by emphasising the importance of diplomatic immunity. After all, it ensures the effective performance of diplomacy between states. The limited exception that exists in Article 31 is also to be read in the light of Article 42, which states that diplomats, quote, shall not in the receiving state practice for personal profit any professional or commercial activity, end quote. Beyond that, there is a general rule of interpretation that the treaty, quote, shall be interpreted in good faith in accordance with the ordinary meaning given to the terms of the treaty in their context and in the light of its object and purpose, end quote. With that in mind, the justices agreed that the hiring of a domestic worker is not a commercial activity within the definition of the treaty. It would go against the principle of diplomatic immunity if commercial activity was held to include things that are incidental to daily life, such as purchasing goods and services. This was good news for Basfar, but unfortunately for him, the trafficking and exploitation of a domestic worker was held by a majority of the justices to be a commercial activity. 
In a judgment by Lord Briggs and Lord Leggett, which Lord Stevens agreed with, a clear distinction was drawn between an employment situation, which is voluntary, and modern slavery, which is based on exploitation. By placing Ms Wong in a position of domestic servitude and not paying her, Vasfar gained a financial benefit that can be recognised as a commercial activity practised for personal profit. Thus, if the allegations against Vasfar are proven to be true before the Employment Tribunal, then he will not be able to use his diplomatic immunity as a get-out. Now, when it comes to these types of cases, I will often make a start by going through the minority judgement. Yes, it isn't the interpretation that was eventually handed down in the proceedings, but it does give an idea about what some of the counter-arguments might be to the majority opinion. Lord Hamblin and Lady Rose disagreed with the idea that the circumstances under which someone carries out work can convert something that isn't to be regarded as a commercial activity into something that is. The drafters of the treaty knew that diplomatic immunity is something that could be open to abuse, even when it came to employing domestic servants, but decided that was something worth risking for the sake of preserving normal and cordial diplomatic relations between countries. This might be a bit controversial, but I am inclined to agree with the minority in this case. After all, the reason that the majority decided that the employment of domestic help would not generally fall within the definition is because it was part of the ordinary conduct of daily life in the same way that going to the shops might be. Don't get me wrong, I have some sympathy with the majority opinion. If you think about historical slavery in the American South, that was clearly a commercial activity that was predicated on exploitation and very different to a normal employment situation. The problem is that this is about the type of work that was being undertaken, and it is pretty obvious that it is not of a commercial nature. The attempt by the majority to try and configure the meaning of the word so that it is commercial is commendable in the context, but just doesn't fly in terms of the law. I would also like to take a few seconds to talk about one of the other arguments put forward in this case. It was suggested that if diplomatic immunity was not upheld in this context, then British diplomats in Saudi Arabia and other countries might find themselves subject to retaliatory measures. This was also something that the minority mentioned in support of their own opinion. However, this is where I draw the line. Judges should not be making decisions based on political factors like this. They are there to interpret the law, and while there should be some considerations as to the consequences of any decision, Basing a judgement based on hypothetical threats that may or may not come to fruition is no way to run the legal system. Finally, I think it is worth saying a few words about the victim in all of this, Ms Wong. Clearly this is a good result for her, and I hope that she is able to achieve a small sense of justice after everything that has happened to her. The problem for me is that this has been left for the courts to sort out after the fact, and that a member of the Saudi diplomatic corps was just allowed to, allegedly, traffic a person into the UK without that ringing any bells whatsoever. I hope that there is a full investigation in relation to this, but we know that modern slavery is an area where the police in this country are especially weak, and that needs to change. A super complaint about the way that the police handle victims of sex trafficking and modern slavery was finally reported on in April of this year, and the findings were concerning. 
It was found that training is not consistent across the country and that many officers do not have enough information to work from. Furthermore, there are some inherent problems in the system as victims of modern slavery are often treated as immigration offenders. This means fewer victims are willing to come forward and traffickers are able to evade prosecution. In this case, the majority unfortunately bent the law so that one victim could get some semblance of justice. But there should be enough support in place so that a Saudi diplomat is not able to keep a slave in the UK for two years in the first place. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!